Okay, so I'm Paul Clevitz, and this is the uh, Starting a Band podcast that I've started. Uh, I've been doing this for four years, just to recap. Been in music for a long time. I've been in quite a few bands as well. And I've been in some good bands and some bad bands. So today I'm going to talk about rehearsing, commitment, and performance. This is really important. So let's start off with rehearsals. You need to be rehearsing every week, okay? If you're a full-time band, you need to be every day. You need to be rehearsing. And that might sound like a lot of commitment, but... You have to be a masters of your craft. I th- I hear a lot of bands where they you know they just kind of wander along and do an hour and John can't make it on Tuesday and Michael can't make it on Thursday, um, you know, and and it, you won't gel as a band. You your sound will be all over the place. You won't be tight. You need to be tight. Everyone knows what needs to know in every song, who's playing what and when they're going to play it. That's really important. Finding a space for your rehearsal is also very important. Try and find somewhere where you can actually um, have all your kits set up. I'm not really, I know you can rent a rehearsal room and turn up with your guitars, but it's not your kit. And uh, I'm, I like every week, we set up a full PA system for six musicians. So you can imagine that's quite a lot and it's very tempting not to. We do do the occasional acoustic rehearsal when we're working on harmonies in songs, but 90% of the time we have a full big PA system in. And the reason for that is that we know that's the PA system we'll be using when we're out playing live. And when we're playing live, obviously having a band that big means that you have to make sure that everything's just working fine. And so if I get a cable that goes dodgy, I don't repair it, I get rid of it and replace it. Um, I find about 1% of the cables that we buy in after testing, they don't last very long and they tend to die. And I'd rather them die at a rehearsal than out on a live show. Um, so also in terms of commitment um, to the band someone's got to buy the kit so if you think about it you're going to need a PA system you're going to need a sound guy you will need a sound guy all right? because unless you're like a one a, a solo artist you might be able to get away without it if you're a band you want to get the best sound you possibly can you can't do that while you're playing because you're hearing what's behind the speakers so you need to get a sound guy on board we actually pay our sound guys the, the same money we pay our musicians so um, everyone gets the same money because they're just as important and actually it's the sound men often who are hanging around after the gigs although over the last with this lineup we've got everyone's been trained where to plug things in because obviously if you've got five or six people plugging in kit at you know, as long as they don't get in each other's way and, and tearing down after the show, it's much quicker than having um, having one or two people who are just who are having to turn up extra early and set the kit up. And we have some really, really good sound men, uh, very, very good, and and that's really important. So don't forget to get a sound person involved in your band. You can often find really good sound men um, on university courses or college courses doing sound who'd love to come and work with a real live band. And if you can get one. I've had one guy that's been with me for four years. He knows exactly what the sound I want is um, and what the musicians sound like. And he's brilliant. And I've got I've got two others who I bring in on um, when required. And they're also really, really good. But it's about them having the same commitment. And at the end of the day, it's down to money and it's down to what people are getting paid. It's got to be worthwhile. Um, so you have to work out a way of funding your equipment. You don't need the latest, greatest, huge, best stuff, okay? Because you... You know, I've seen some... I remember playing in a in a bar in a marina. We play a lot... Of, some of us live on boats in our band, so it's kind of... We do get a lot of boaty-type gigs. 
and um, we were playing a bar in a marina and, and I was sitting with the I always like to sit around with the owners and the, the managers and talk to them and find out what's going on and she said you know last week we had a guy in we had a band in and the guy had this amazing Marshall stack and she said it was just too much for the too much for the venue. It was too much for us. And you know, he wasn't really a great guitarist. And you know, the amount of times you see people who are really not that good rock up with loads of really expensive equipment, it's not going to make you a better musician. And it's not going to make your band really amazing. I've seen some really amazing entertainers with the simplest kit. And like I say to my lads, we sometimes take on, um, you know, we like to have a young person on board who we train up and uh, that's a really privileged position for them they get paid like everyone else and you know when they start they always bring you know and and anyone who starts off with a band always brings the most impressive you know you've got a huge pedal board and you've got all this stuff and then after doing a few gigs it's amazing how quickly it whittles down to what you actually need because you don't want to be carrying all that stuff around even though we've got like vans and stuff like that to carry our kit it's still we want less stuff to to set up so like we um we rack mounted all our stuff so we can basically the racks everything's plugged in so we just take the rack we plug the rack in and it all comes alive and it saves us ages um so what sort of kits you should be buying you need um, a good pa system you need a mixer um, some sort of mixing desk now i recommend for a small band the behringer x air 18 is very good and there's a soundcraft do a really good um, um mixer like this i don't use a mixer with mechanical sliders on it we use the, the xr18 and the xr32 which is actually x32 is get, getting a bit old hat now but the xr18 is really good because you can um control it with tablets and phones and there's no physical sliders what's the problem with physical sliders is um if you're a new band and you're playing smaller gigs and i've played a few of those sometimes people will come and fiddle with the sliders and mess around with the sound you can't do that on a tablet because the tablet's out of their way so we can have, and also all your um, your band members can have control of their foldbacks, which can be good and bad, I suppose. Um, so in terms of kit, you've got to decide who's going to own the kit. At the moment, I own all the kit, basically. So I, because one of the issues is that if someone's in the band and they own some of the kit and they leave, then what are you going to do about the kit they own? Because they're going to take it with them. Um, which brings me on to a little point. This is another point about leaving a band. What happens when someone leaves the band? Okay, first thing is, if you're in a band and you're thinking about leaving, okay, understand that you are replaceable. And you may find the person they replace you with is better than you and actually takes the bands onwards. And then you find you're, you've left their band for a not quite as good band and you want to go back to them, but that's your problem because you, you left. You know, So there are reasons for people leaving bands and people will leave your band. Don't panic. There are a bunch of other musicians out there that will come and change they'll change the way your band sound but they may make it better so don't think that anyone in your band is not replaceable because everyone is so um if someone leaves the band hello cat if someone leaves the band then you know just move on so you want to have a core of people you want to have the same goals as well be clear on what music you're playing what what genres are you going to play are you going to be a tribute band, a cover band? If you're going to be an originals band, you need to play covers and put some originals in there because originals are very difficult to uh, to get out there because, you know, there are how many millions of bands around the world now, thanks to YouTube and things like that, and they're all promoting their own stuff. So you need to um, 
really think very clearly on what's the goal of the band and think treat it like a business okay if people don't turn up for rehearsals okay i i'm very cold about it if i like you know i'll tell you quite honestly sometimes with a band this big i have to say to people at rehearsals guys stop chatting between songs don't chat between songs because it it's rehearsal time okay so everyone's got to wait for you to stop talking you know in a five six five piece band six piece band six people all having a chat unfortunately stops you working we all we do have fun it makes me sound terrible doesn't it and we also um, we eat together and we spend time together doing other things because that's important as well but when we're having rehearsals that's our prime time for rehearsals it's not time to go to the shops it's not time to do anything else we are getting our heads down and rehearsing so that we can be the best that we can be for our clients another thing i want to talk about is um on, on this one this is the last thing is uh, alcohol and drugs okay now i personally have rules that no one in my band drinks alcohol before or during performances and no one in my band does drugs before or during performances because it affects your playing if if you think about it in terms of driving a car all right or working in an office if you worked in an office and you turned up with a can of beer they'd be pretty much saying what are you doing and you go well i'm just having a drink it's okay you know it's it's no different you're working for clients and you're working to be the best you can be if you're driving a car there's a limit on how much alcohol you can drink and it's not much certainly in the uk in some countries it's nothing before you're breaking the law because they know that you can't drive a car how much more do you think playing an instrument to your best is going to be affected by drinking and drugs you're not clever by doing it and it just to be honest if i was a venue owner i would insist on it as well so that's another thing that I'm quite fussy about. You might be in a band that's different, but um, things have changed since um, the 80s when there weren't that many bands, and certainly not that many good bands. So, um, But now, you know, there are a million out there. There really are. So you've got huge competition, and if you want to be in business and if you want to make money out of it, you've got to be thinking outside the box and be different and be unique and have a big, unique selling point. So that's three or four little things I've covered, probably covered too much for that uh, for this little podcast so i hope you uh hope you enjoyed that and you found it useful if you've got any questions you can um, email me um bookings at mandolinmonday.com um and i'm very happy to answer you might not agree with what i've said but that's that's fine you know not everyone would agree with it but i'm doing i've been doing this four years and um and we've become we're becoming pretty successful actually at it okay so thanks for listening um have a great day